Hello. Thank you for going to the Les Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why can't like you Vive, say tires? Vive Clicquot. It's the same Just thing. Just say tires. Uh, where, where did we pick up from? Hi, uh, everyone. You're listening to the Center in the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. Honey, you promised you would take the kids to the zoo today. When are you going to mow the lawn? Your parents are coming over and you're not even dressed. You promised you were going to leave your wife for me. Don't let this happen to you. Everybody's working for the weekend, but your family and friends are always ruining your days off. Introducing football season, the best way to drown out the ones you love. Watch grown men run into each other head first. Marvel as overweight men chase a bouncing ball. Let the gladiators of today help you disconnect from the worries of the modern world. Get your 2018 college and pro football seasons today, and we'll throw in the Sinner and the Saints tailgate show. Presented by Frost Brewed Coors Light for free. That's right, you'll get two football leagues. Luke Anderson. If you were at the gym and you saw Myers Leonard pull up in a Prius, met him at the swimming pool, but you didn't have really have a chance to talk to him because he kind of dismisses of you would you leave your name and number in his uh, windshield will darkens like, i want to see more of the man bag the alligator skin man and bag. two hours you'll never get back every saturday morning for one low price just turn your dial to 1080 the fan hey, 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 hey. happy saturday and merry friggin christmas to everybody out there yeah you and your family yeah take that yeah it's our final show before the holidays. We've been on a uh, quite the run, doing all the shows, popping in here and there all over uh, 1080 The Fan. But finally, the Center and the Saint are getting ready for Christmas. We're going to get you ready for the holidays, get you ready for some college football, get you ready for some NFL. Tell your husbands and wives I'll be over later to stuff their stockings. Sorry, what? I don't know. I kind of thought we were doing the tough guy act. That's pretty tough, right? I don't even know what that means. Well, I think you could assume. That's pretty tough. I'd be threatened if I was a listener right now. Yeah, I'd be, be like, threatened. whoa, that guy? Uh-oh. Glasses guy? <laughs> Watch out for glasses Woo. pescatarian guy. Woo. He's going to bust my door down. Yeah, he's going to take a bite of cod and kick in my door. Yeah. yeah. Trip your uh, significant other and then have his way. Whoa. What now? With your stockings. <laughs> what? He didn't let me finish. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. All right. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Center and the Saints. Uh, appreciate anybody that was uh, able to tune in yesterday when we got to do the uh, Dirt and Sprague Holiday Spectacular. Yeah, we did pretty good Dirt and Sprague impressions, I thought. You did. Yeah, for sure. You you were getting rave reviews on your Dirt and or Sprague impressions that you were doing yesterday. Yeah, I find if you can just kind of chuckle a little bit and throw some numbers out, it takes yeah. care of the rest. Yeah. So we've got... Uh, three polls for you today and i want to get to one early because it's holiday themed uh we'll save the other two for later but uh, normally don't go this early into the show into the poll but i want to talk about christmas stuff i'm feeling the spirit i've got the spirit within me 
And let's talk uh, Let's talk some Christmas music. Will Darkens at Center and Saint 1080. What is our a poll to start the day? Because well, it's getting people fired up. Well, now this is inspired by uh, the recent backlash that happened. And I think it was really just this season. Maybe it's been in years past, but really I've noticed it just this season. So, so the full backlash is for Baby It's Cold Outside, uh, the song Bing Crosby. And I can't remember the lady's name. Mm. Maybe I'm part of the problem. Yeah, sure sounds like it. Um, but Jerk. He's, he's trying to, you know, coax her into staying for one more drink, for one more uh, one more moment. He's trying to persuade her into an interlude of some sort, and it gets pretty graphic. That Bing Crosby, quite the scumbag. But here's the thing. This year, uh, Christmas stations have put a ban on that song, but I was actually listening for a version that we'll play later in the show. Mm. And I actually found that uh, at least two people had just reversed the roles. And do you feel threatened when a female is trying to get a male to stay? No, if if my wife was trying to get me to stay for that reason, it wouldn't take too long. Well, if it's your wife, yeah, but what if it's it's just some girl that you're just seeing? Like, you're trying to go home. If it's your wife, you assume you actually live there. Or maybe she's trying to stop you from going to the bar. Excuse me. Baby, uh, it's cold outside. Don't go to the bar. Don't get drunk again. Like you you always do. You know what? What? This show, and we talked about this a lot before, and I can't believe you're doing this right now. This show is not about making fun of adultery or bad decisions. Okay. Anyway. You can't ask me that question. Now, who would it have to be? I mean, if you had Emma Stone. Well, here's my question is if it's Zoe Deschanel. Uh, no, I'm getting the hell out of there. Okay. Are she, you kidding me? She's, she's half of uh, She and Him, and they do a version where she sings the Bing Crosby part. The other one is Lady Gaga with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Well, let me tell you something. Um, if Lady Gaga is trying to get you to stay for the night. Zoe Deschanel. Desha, whatever. Deschanel? Whatever. I go Deschanel. If she's the one who's trying to get me to stay, she's not doing it in a traditional sense of, hey, here's another drink, and I'm going to rub your shoulders. She's picking the ukulele up and singing some version of yeah. whatever, and I don't want that in my life. You so keep I, your ukulele yeah. away from me, Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, and if I've had a few, uh, I, I will walk home. I don't care. It, even smash, if it's miles away, it doesn't matter. Would you smash the uke on the way out? Uh, no, because I don't want to touch her. I don't oh. want to get any, nearer or anything about Zoe Deschanel. Why? Zoe Deschanel is that chick you dated in college who seemed exciting in the beginning because she was kind of funny and she did original things. She's and then, so quirky. And then you realize she can't turn it off. Oh. Like every relationship you have, like the most annoying qualities about yourself, you get to know a person well enough, you know when to turn them off. Mm. I don't think she turns it off ever. Really? Ever. She's got no off switch. No, I think she's quirky to the max at all times. So you're saying she's always turned on, and that upsets you? Well, not in that sense. <laughs> 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 All right, let's go to our Twitter poll okay. at Center Saint 1080. What's our Christmas song poll? And, okay. And what kind of reaction? Just going to read it here. Which Christmas song should be banned next? You can also participate at the Better You Today text line 55305. So it looks like at this point, 8% of you are just saying White Christmas, which is totally racist. That was brought up by our Twitter audience. 17% of you are saying Drummer Boy. Little Drummer Boy. And I don't think I have to say why that song is just disgusting. Amen to that. Then we why got- does it have to be little? Huh? 
Then we got 33% saying Santa Baby. So Santa Baby, uh, Miley Cyrus went on Jimmy Fallon and did a feminist version of that. because She doesn't need Santa to give her stuff. She's an independent woman. Which is and I'm this, not a big Miley Cyrus fan, Yeah, but it's pretty funny. Well, she, the song's misogynistic. It is. And for pigs. For pigs. And 42% have said, I saw Mommy kissing Santa Claus. Yeah, that song never really caught my attention. But for whatever reason, when Christmas music started playing, and for those of you that don't know, uh, Charlie FM is in our building. So when you walk through the hallways of Entercom, there's there's seven radio stations. So you're walking down the hall and you walk past uh, 1080 The Fan, you hear Isaac and Suk talking or, or Dustin Cam or whoever, and you get it in the hallway speaker. But then right down the hall, it's KGON, and then you get some Led Zeppelin, and then it's 94.7, and boom, you're all of a sudden you're rocking out to Portugal the Man. You turn the corner, there's the wolf. And here comes Kenny Chesney or whatever, singing about a beach somewhere. Then it's the buzz, and they're playing, what are they playing the buzz? Uh, just pop. Yeah. Uh, name a pop artist. I don't know. Uh, uh, Mandy Moore. So then Mandy, wait, really? She made a album. Anyways. I think so she they, acts now. Yeah, I think so too. So anyways, you get the Mandy Moore. Then you have Charlie FM. And if you walk past Charlie FM, you get Christmas music. But here's the thing that every, everybody does around the building. There's a few spots. The, the lavatories, uh, and the kitchen, they have a dial. And you can turn it to whatever station you want. And so there's these other hot spots around the building, and everybody turns it to Charlie so we can listen to Christmas music. And so I don't even seek it out. I've heard Mommy Kissing Santa under the tree, whatever, 45 times already this year. And I always catch at the part where Michael Jackson at the end of the Jackson 5 versions, I did, I did saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. And it has just rubbed me the wrong way. Okay. I'm glad our audience is I don't us. see Let's how. Let's ban that crap. I don't see how that rubs you the wrong way. What did you just say this show is against more than anything else? It's adultery. You didn't let me finish. Oh, okay. Sorry. But this didn't rub you the wrong way. Have you actually listened to Mommy? Like, really listened to I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus? Uh, I don't know. Then I saw Mommy tickle Santa Claus underneath his beard, so snowy and white. Oh, what a laugh it would have been if Daddy had only seen. Yeah. It's disturbing. This is what I'm saying, and I think what our audience agrees. That? We need to ban this song. This show is about family yeah. and highly conservative values, and we don't want to want to say that, you know, hey, it's okay if a hot Liam Hemsworth version of Santa Claus comes down the chimney and mom has had four or five glasses of wine that night and decided, hey, you know what? I don't have enough excitement in my life now's the time yeah and then your kid sees it and then that screws them up for you know whatever yeah exactly we don't we don't condone that that's right and what if you're what if your dad's trying to better himself your father's going out and he's trying to get back into shape mm. and then all of a sudden mom just goes you know what all of a sudden i'm a chubby chaser there's this big bowl full of jelly fat bellied man comes in Hot. and all of a sudden i'm into that dude dad in the meantime is working hard because you're upset that mm. when he goes to lift something up his back gets a little hurt yeah. he's lifting things up for you yeah. Santa's not helping you bring in the groceries from Costco when you get home and you bought too much stuff. Yeah. You yeah. bought 40 pounds of gravy. Yeah, there's no pleasing her. Yeah. Unbelievable. Ugh. It's terrible. From the Better You Today text line, uh, they keep banning these songs, but they never bring up Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. Double standard. Yeah, she deserved that. Though. Oh, did she? Uh, yeah. So, anyways, that was... Uh, 
Was that your Christmas rant? That was our, Chris, our Christmas rant. I think you helped out just as much. Oh, as yeah. I, I love it. Because you know what? What? That's uh, also that time of year for Christmas parties. And really, Christmas parties, it's not just about the joy and the cheer. It's about the when are you going to have that awkward conversation. And it could be about anything. It would be about some weird thing going on in your family that everybody silently has agreed to collectively. Mm -hmm. Hey, let's just not bring that up during the party. And then they bring it up during the party or it's politics or it's sports or it's something. Yep. Yep. We got a Christmas party this afternoon. We'll go in and see how awkward it gets. Five, five, three, zero, five. Better you today. Text sign. Most awkward thing you're hoping will not come up at your Christmas party. That is a very good question this year, or you could give me another year, but this year, what's the thing you're like, yeah, just please, please don't mention it. Can you just not? Yeah. I think for me, it's pretty simple. It's uh, anytime politics comes up, there's a very harsh dis- uh, separation between. You got a purple family? <laughs> we got a, yeah. No, we don't. Because oh. purple means that the colors mix together. It, mm. is, it is a stark contrast on either side of it. So, uh, all right. We have uh, NFL, a lot of NFL. We're getting ready for the playoff push. We got a few bowl tidbits to throw in. But we will start with how bad the Blazers suck. And that's yeah. next. You're listening to The Center and Saint on a radio station called 1080 Defense. All right, the Blazers just got whooped at home by 30 points by a team that's under 500. Spanked. That's how you finish a three-game winning streak with an exclamation point. No catch. Okay. I know the NBA season hasn't officially started because it's not Christmas yet, but Christmas Day matchup for the Blazers is uh, the Utah Jazz. So hopefully you're pumped about that because guess what's going to happen? Blazers are going to come back and beat them, and then we'll get excited again. And then we'll get downtrodden uh, because they'll go on a losing streak. Then we'll get over over excited because they'll go on a little bit of a win streak. Uh, it was funny yesterday we had the conversation whether or not the uh, Blazers, uh, it was appropriate to call the Blazers the Zers. Mm. And somebody suggested we just call them the blah. Because they are the blah. They really are the blah. But here's what I did. So I was kind of getting into that, uh, you know, the, the swing that you get into with the Blazers. They're an up-and-down team. They're a middle of the road. You go, oh, God, if they get into a playoff series and somebody gears up for them, this is what's going to happen. They're going to get swept again. But what I did was uh, something I do for baseball uh, every so often. I'm a Mariners fan, and right now they're doing a fire sale and get rid of all their players. But you follow a team all season, and I usually listen to them on the radio in the summer where you're doing other things. But I always I always pay for the um, the subscription to MLB.com, the audio service, where you can listen to the broadcast from either side. So you get the hometown broadcast of either your team or the team they're playing against, or really any game in Major League Baseball. So occasionally I'll listen to, like, the last game of the series from the other perspective. And you go, all right, well, these plays, these – these Mariners are doing all right in this series. Let's see what the other team thinks when they talk about the Mariners. So what I did was I went to fan-sided, and I read the recap of the game from the Jazz perspective. Mm. So the Jazz are one game behind 500 right now, but they're kind of up and down. They're pretty much the same team the Blazers are, right? And the opening uh, – well, no? Uh, Go ahead, what? Go ahead. Okay. Finish your thought. Okay. I'll, I, I'll expand on that. No, no, that's fine. That's what we're here for. We're trying to have a stimulating conversation and hopefully bring our audience into it. Uh, but here's the – I'll just read the opening paragraph. 
After the Jazz dropped a weird one to the Orlando Magic in Mexico City, then they followed it up by running into running out of gas late against the Houston Rockets. The casual crowd of glass half-empty folks had seemingly lost their faith, faith, faith in the team. We wouldn't judge them too harshly. The Jazz had sputtered on offense in the last three games uh, and are under 500. Just a handful of days later, though, look at the Zen contingent of Jazzland has been rewarded for their faith. Following a big win against the defending champion Golden State Warriors early in the week, the Jazz impressed again on Friday. The Trailblazers in Portland with a 120-90 victory win at the Rose Garden. But it's the they they call out the oh there's some people that just are never gonna have faith they're the glass half empty folks they're no matter what the Jazz do they're not gonna be happy but thank goodness there's all of us that sit here and wait for them to have a two game win streak and get excited. Okay, here's the huge difference between your uh, Utah Jazz and uh, uh, Portland Trailblazers comparison. Okay, perfect. Let's so go. the Utah Jazz last season were not expected to do too much. Yeah, they just weren't at the start of the season. Now they had Rudy Gobert who's arguably the best defensive player in basketball. You have Ricky Rubio, who for some reason later in his career is starting to turn it on. And then you had this huge surprise in Donovan Mitchell. Yep. They just, just take down the thunder in the first round. I mean, I know they dropped one game, but it was very convincing how the jazz beat them. Um, and now they get into this season and it's a little bit shaky. The Portland trailblazers got swept the year before that. They, they lost got to swept. Gold, they, they, yeah, they they've been swept. swept. They've been swept. They've lost ten straight playoff games. I get that. Yes, and so I think the reason that so many Blazers fans are getting sick of this yo-yoing team, of this uncertainty you have with being able to attract big-name talent, is because we're almost too consistent. Yeah, it, it, there's nothing exciting about this team. Nothing. We have a superstar <laughs> player but we can't even get excited about it. Hell, I'd rather be a Washington Wizards fan right now and just be able to crap on John Wall. Yeah, but I and look at that huge destruction and go, oh my God, this is hilarious. Look at this team. They're so terrible. The Blazers aren't even terrible. They're just the blahs. They're nothing. <laughs> they, they lose. Then they win. Then they kind of win. Then they get blown out. And then they have a quality win. And then they do three straight and then they lose four straight and then they get to the playoffs and they lose. Yeah. But I think that's most of the NBA. I mean, it's the Raptors for how many years the Raptors were the number one seed. And I know they made a big move, but guess what? The, they haven't done anything in the playoffs either. The last four years, it's been the Cavs and the Warriors in the final. That means even the teams that thought they had a chance, the Rockets that were right there on the cusp, they had a little bit of excitement, but they couldn't get over the hump. When you have four straight years of the same NBA final, that means that most of the NBA is in this purgatory of what do you do? Do you try to tank to get better, or do you kind of sit there and try to make something work with what you have? Well, and this Here's is where you and about, I differ, no, that's, because that's I'm fine. okay with tanking, and I want to see it, and you just want to no, build. No, 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 no. I'm actually fine with tanking, too, but I think what they need to do first is try to go out and do whatever you can and make a risky trade. Get rid of C.J. McCollum. Get rid of whoever you have to and try to bring somebody in that is a risky player. And then if it doesn't work, sure, tank. But the funny thing is that the Blazers were that underachieving team. Remember, there were three games from the worst record in the NBA, and they go out and make one of those trades, and then we saw Nurk fever. 
That's what they had with Donovan Mitchell last year. You're talking about the Jazz, and they go out and they go crazy, but then Nurt got hurt going into the playoffs. They get swept, and then they come back last year, and they were supposed to be better. They let you down. Oh, is that what the Jazz are doing right now? Yes, it is. But here's the funny thing as I read through this article, and, and fan cited is like uh, SB Nation, where you get fans writing about the team. So instead of going and you know getting their beat reporter that gives you a realistic look at it, I went, oh, let's go see what their fans think. And the fans were excited because Tricky Ricky had a big game. And they were excited because the Splash Uncles. By the way, crap nickname. Oh, no. Tricky Ricky. Yes, here's a crap That's nickname. That's really bad. That makes me think he's a pedo. Do you know who the Splash Uncles are? Uh, I'm going to guess it's like uh, it, it's like uh, Luka Doncic and No, uh, no, no, no. They play for the Jazz. Oh, oh um, I don't know. Is it Rudy Gobert and Dwight Howard's ghost? No, no, the Splash Brothers are, as we know, are Steph Curry and uh, old Clay Thompson, yeah. right? Yes. So there's two three-point shooters, Joe Ingles and Kyle Korver, are the Splash Uncles. If Tricky Ricky doesn't sound like a creeper in a van, the Splash Uncles certainly do. Hey, jump in our van, do this. Why don't they just name them the lame white guys? That's what they are they're two lame white guys very much so Kyle Corver was a less lame white guy when he was good at yeah, shooting now he's what, not that great at but, shooting. but here's the here's your continued comparison of small market basketball teams the Portland Trailblazers does anybody get more excited does any city get more excited for two white guys doing well than when Myers Leonard catches an alley-oop from uh, Ooh, from Zach Collins bam I mean this they are Portland right Utah and Portland are not all that different I think there's a huge band of NBA teams that kind of sit in the middle and are terrible because they're mediocre, which makes them actually worse. Look how excited Philadelphia got after being absolutely awful when they stepped up and got better because there's a big spike in what's going on. Look at the Cleveland Brown fans this year. People are over the moon because they might get to seven wins this week. Because they were awful. If the Blazers never get awful, we don't get excited about mediocrity. But there's people all over sports that are pumped about mediocrity because it's a rise. There's a spike in their graph. From the Better You Today text line 55305, worse than loving or hating the Blazers. This year more than any other I've heard. Fans leaning towards apathy. Fans yep. absent of emotion is dangerous for a team. And I think that's kind of what we're trying to hit on is yep. that there's really no excitement. Now, the other thing is, I want to read you a list of some... Um, I'm just saying that the, yes. the, the way the current NBA is, we're not the only people that are apathetic. I, I got you. Yeah, I got you. All right. Now, here's some of these... Uh, I, I want you to hear some of these free agents, okay? okay. And, and it's in... These 20, are teams going into next year? No, 2020. Because I know we still have some cash strapped up, don't we? Okay. Oh, you're saying the on the Blazers roster. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Well, no, that we could possibly get in 2020. These are free agents. This is not 2019, 2020? It's 2020. Okay. Yeah. So after next season. That. Yes. Yeah, well. God. Not yes. after this season. <laughs> Jeez. All right. You ready? I've been ready. You're bringing down this whole show. Let's see. We got DJ Augustine. Uh, Matthew Dellavedova, yeah, Reggie Jackson, what? Brandon Knight, Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Fleet, hey, Kyle Lowry. Let's add another small guard. Marco Bellinelli, Jordan Clarkson, Brian Forbes, Langston Galloway, Eric Gordon, Joe Harris, Courtney Lee, Antoine Moore, 
Jay Crowder, Danilo Gallinari, Maurice Harkless. Oh, well, he's on our team. <laughs> Solomon Hill, Andre Guadala, Chandler Parsons, Andre Robertson, and Davis Bertanis. Anybody excite you on that list? No, it doesn't. And Jeez. this is what... Uh, it, it it makes you kind of go back to the whole idea of maybe you need to have a big change here. Yeah. Now, let me tell you something. Go go out on a limb and trade for somebody. Yes. Make make and go go listen, this is a all upside play. If this fits, it'll be awesome. If it doesn't, we're going crash into the bottom. Well, Fine. And not that's only what that, I want, but that's that's exactly what I'm saying is yeah. is be good or be bad, but don't be afraid to make a splash. See Toronto Raptors and what they did this year cuz even if they go and have the same fate in the playoffs, at least you you can see a difference maker on that team and Listen, there's a very good chance that Kawhi Leonard does not re-sign next year. There's a very good chance that Paul uh, yeah, but Paul dude, George. Those was- guys aren't going to sign with us. We don't have the money to do it anyway. We 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 just don't. And that's why I'm saying. But I if, think if you maybe, make a trade, then you can. I, I just don't think you have the assets at this point. And that's the other thing that plays into this. Or you, you overvalue your assets. You have an ownership and a management staff that are not on the same page about what this team should be. And I think that is now the case because you see that Paul Allen's sister is making moves and she's making moves fast. And I think <laughs> she's going to, she really is though. I think she's going to be gunning for Neil O'Shea and say, I hope so. I, I think it's going to be a situation where she takes a look at the trajectory of the team and she looks at the success of the team and goes, we're flatlining. Yeah. Nothing's it, happening here. We need to make a change. And if what it, if they t- just what if they just fired uh Olshay and Terry Stotts? Would that get you excited? Yeah, it kinda would. Yeah, do something. Now, now would it possibly threaten losing Damian Lillard? Because it seems like Damian Lillard absolutely loves Neil Olshay. Or I'm sorry, he loves Terry Stotts. He seems to have an okay working relationship with Neil Olshay, and it seems like those are the kind of only linchpins keeping him here for the most part. Okay, but I know he says he wants to win a title uh, sure. here, but I think the relationship he has with Stotts is keeping him here more than anything. Yeah, until you go, all right, we're firing Terry Stotts. Dame, help us find a coach. Oh, he's he doesn't have that clout. I don't think what? you can do that. Well, but if you LeBron just, you James just said only you guy. just said you wouldn't fire him because you're worried about losing. I wouldn't fire Terry Stotts. I'm worried about losing Damian Lillard. Well, bring him in on the coaching search. Wow, he doesn't have that kind of clout. Oh, you're ridiculous. You know uh, what? You and I, we're just not going to agree on this. And, you know, <laughs> the thing is, that doesn't make good radio. Two differing opinions. Yeah, how would we do that? Um, hey, the Blazers are still the sixth seed right now. Yeah, but we just... I know. That's, you're exactly right. Uh, yeah, it's The Blahs. Like, they are the Blahs. They're no longer the Zers. It's officially the Blahs. So here uh, we go. Let's look at the standings no, right no, now. No, let's not. Now, let's, who would we play? No, let's talk we about football. Play, we would play the Golden State Warriors yep, if the playoffs were right, today. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about football. This has upset both of us. It's probably upset our audience. There's kids crying in the back. The whole thing has gone haywire. Uh, let's it's talk- a white Christmas. <laughs> Uh, playoff implications all over the place. Let's jump into the NFL. Uh, we will do it after the news. So yesterday when we were doing the uh, dirt and spring, the dusty and dirt, Souk and Cam uh, Christmas Center and Saint Extravaganza on Swag and the Buck. The Swag and Buck. Ooh. Swag and Buck. Swag and Buck. That yeah. sounds like a cheap beer. It does. Uh, when we were doing that special, we had a theme going through the show. We were talking about Christmas movie mashups. Yeah. But you uh, praising white, or what were you doing? You were implying uh, my love of white Christmas. Yes, you love white Christmas. The song, meh. 
But I've watched a movie a few times. I think it's my mom's favorite movie, so I watched it a lot when I was a kid growing up. And uh, I just had the idea for a Christmas movie mashup that I think you would love. So okay. do you know the plot of White Christmas? Uh, could you remind me? So White Christmas, uh, there's there's two sisters. Uh, one of them is Rosemary Clooney. I don't know the other one's name because she was her voice was dubbed over. She was just a dancer and a, a pretty face to look at. Hmm. Um, and then Rosemary Clooney, a very talented singer. Anyways, they, they were booked to play at a resort up in Vermont. And then Bing Crosby and my, Danny Kaye meet them and decide that they're going to go up and help them put on this Christmas production. Well, there's no snow and the resort is failing, and uh, they decide that they're going to put on this big production to save the resort, and they're hoping for snow so that they can open up the ski lodge. What a stupid idea. Why? They're big, famous entertainers. They're going to bring in this show production to save. Do they advertise it? Yeah. They, they put in all their resources behind it because Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye are big, famous entertainers. Well, what kind of TV schedule did they buy? I didn't look at that. The Prime? I think they went radio. Oh, uh, did they? Did yeah, they well, they realized, that they, re in? they realized that it was the best advertising for the dollar because it has the number one reach in all of media. Yeah, 93% of people. I know, and it's really never gone down. And you look at competition like cassette tapes and CDs. Yeah. You know what? The funny thing is that's what Pandora replaced. And not uh, radio listening. Yeah, of course. Hey, I know, but a lot have, of people don't realize that. Here's the thing, Do you champ. have time next Thursday for us <laughs> to just sit down and talk a little bit more about this? I'd love to hear more about this. Oh, good. Okay. Fantastic. We'll talk more radio later. So, anyways, Bing Crosby, Danny Kaye, go to save the small resort. What if the mashup were White Christmas and Casino? And instead of going oh. to save this resort in Vermont, they had to go to Vegas and put on this big production to save the, the casino. From well, it wouldn't be that. It would be uh, you'd have your friend from old, you know, the old town, which is no, no, uh, no. Don't change Joe any. Pesci. Don't change yeah, any of the characters. You're going to the resort, but you're scamming people out of money. No, don't change any of the characters. So they go to the. It's just Bing Crosby from the 1950s showing up to the casino, oh, the movie I see. casino, and they're trying to save it. There's a mashup of two well, worlds. There wasn't. There wasn't anything to save at the casino. Yeah, I'm. T well, listen, you just you, you give them the Except trouble. For, uh, for Sharon Stone's nose. Well, that's that's the white Christmas part. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you got it. You're picking up what I'm putting down. You're watching that movie. Um, all right, so let's talk football. We yeah! uh, Whoa, why are you yelling at me? Well, you said let's talk football, so that got me excited. All right. <clears throat> AFC. Mm. We put two polls up. There's uh, right now four teams in the hunt, which means on the outside looking in of the AFC playoff picture. So we started the poll. Go to at Center Saint 1080 if you want to participate in the poll, or you can use a better you today text line 55305. Uh, Will, what does the poll read as? All right, so starting in the AFC, which AFC team in the NFL playoff hunt would you like to see make the postseason? 6% uh, of you said the Dolphins. Nine yeah, do the Dolphins interest you Team. No, not at all. In okay. fact, the Miami Miracle to me was kind of whatever. Like I didn't, I <laughs> yeah. didn't care. Yeah. I, Beating the Patriots yeah. on that uh, fluke play. It's like, dude, yeah. who cares? You know yeah. they're going to make the playoffs, and you're not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, 19% say the Colts dead heat right now, just a bit. But uh, the Browns have a 38% uh, share, and the Titans have a 37% share of the vote. Is that the Marcus Mariota factor pushing up the Titans? Because they're not that exciting to watch. I would guess so, but, dude, if the Browns made the playoffs, that, I, I mean, <laughs> what better? <laughs> I mean, just, come on. <laughs> but I seriously. Mean, I just, I mean, I mean, 
You have to give Greg Williams coach of the year. Do you really? Yes, of course you do. Are you kidding me? Yes. So <laughs> only coach half the season. Yeah, well, that's the reason you give him coach of the year. They, they're prior Yeah, but Sean, was, Mc, Sean McVay's already 32 years old. He may never have another shot at coach of the year. Hugh Jackson was oh. so bad, they fired him. Greg Williams took over, and they made the playoffs. Yes, he wins does coach Gre- of the and year. Does he, does, well, here's the, here's the better question. Does he win the head coaching job for the future? Well, no, because he's got all these <laughs> jobs out there. He doesn't even have to ever, He doesn't even have to interview for those jobs, remember? That's true. That's probably my favorite part of the Browns season so far. It's not it's, uh, it's not uh, Baker Mayfield and his incredible play and how surprised we were or the surprise that Nick Chubb was going to be this good this fast. No, no, no. It's that Greg Williams came out in his initial presser and he goes, yeah, I mean, this job's all right, but, you know, I've, I've, I've been offered jobs all over the place. Don't even have to interview for him. People are sending me jobs like crazy. Yeah. My LinkedIn page? Oh, you can't even follow that scroll. <laughs> job, 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 job. So the Browns have the longest odds to get into the playoffs. Yeah, that but would people want to see it. Outside of Marcus Mariota, is that's the reason the Titans are getting all the level. Oh, yeah, right? of course. I don't know. Derrick Henry's been pretty cool to watch lately, though, because yep. uh, I was listening to some piece. I forget what show it was on ESPN uh, radio here this past week. They were talking about what's changed, right? Because Derrick Henry hasn't been so overwhelming these past couple of years he's been in the league, but yeah, it's only been, this meh. year. Uh, really after the Jaguars game that everybody kind of started to notice him. And they oh, said, I'm sorry, the Jaguars game where he ran for a 99 yeah. yard touchdown and had five touchdowns was mowing over people and ran for 260 yards. That one. Yes. Okay. And so, um, they were talking about like, well, what changed, right? You know, it seems like just that game, he just exploded and he's kept it, uh, kept that up ever since then. Uh, they said that he's been actually working with Eddie George. Eddie George was good at football. Yeah. And they said that Eddie George had talked to Henry and was like, Hey dude, you got to start running power football. Like yeah. that. You're not a quick dude. Like <laughs> You're a power back. That's what you do. You run through guys and you, you know, you go seek contact. And so it, it's been cool to watch him, but for the most part, the Titans are kind of a narrative less team. There's nothing very exciting about them. Marcus Barriott is constantly hurt when he is, uh, you know, when he is healthy, he's somewhat exciting of a player, but you know, yeah, I want to see the Browns. Give me the Browns. The, the interesting thing about the Titans, though, uh, they go and get Mike Vrabel as their head coach. Former, this is the first guy out of the Patriots coaching tree that that could potentially, you know, come onto the scene and, and lead his team, like, yeah, with success, yes. with gusto. Be a successful person. Yeah, which is, which is bizarre. So it'll be interesting to see if that can happen. Um, hey, we'll take a look at the NFC playoff pictures and those teams in the hunt that you want to see in the second hour. But right now, we've got to get to uh, good versus evil. That is next. Sinner and Saint on 1080 The Fan. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the, What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. <laughs> Let the Sinner and the Saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil. Brought to you by the Titan of Hawaiian Restaurants. 808 on 1080 The Fan. How did you find out that you made the team? Um, so I just uh, the NFL just DM me on Twitter as it was as it was live. I don't have like cable or anything, so I wasn't watching it on TV. But they just sent me a message saying congrats, and that's how I found out. I was pumped. That was drunk Australian hitting on your wife at the bar, but he looks a little bit too big to confront. Michael Dixon, the Seahawks punter in the fifth round draft pick, became the NFL's. 
first rookie punter selected to a Pro Bowl in 33 years. It was a surprise pick. There were some other surprise picks that brought even bigger reactions. Aaron Rodgers made the Pro Bowl, heading a losing team, and Alvin Kamara missed the Pro Bowl, being the impetus for a winning team. Do you find anything out of sorts with the Pro Bowl picks this year? Real quick, you said drunk Australian? Yeah. I believe that's a waste of an adjective. Oh, good for you. Um... Yeah, the surprising thing was not not only that Aaron Rodgers didn't make it, but uh, I thought Russell Wilson was the guy that should have made it over him. I mean, you talk about a team that's outperformed their expectations, uh, especially your expectations. And the Seahawks have been a very good team. And Russell Wilson has, again, been, you know, kind of the leader of that team. Doug Baldwin's been out most of the year or in and out and injured most of the year, uh, at least chipped up. And, and they've just continued to go kind of full force. Uh, but they also have their running game back in uh full force uh, for the first time in a couple of years. So uh, I don't know. The Pro Bowl to me is stupid and it's even dumber that why are we doing it with three weeks left in the NFL season? I mean, they pick it the week before it, there's well, two games left. What are we doing? And I'm actually not a fan of the whole uh, format they're doing now. Pro Bowl before the Super Bowl. I, I'm okay really with, stupid. I'm okay with that. Well, but it, here's the thing. The whole Pro Bowl stupid anyways, but why, why not wait till the season finishes out and you can reward people for playing well in the big, biggest moment of the season? Shut up, Pro Bowl. Go away. I spoke with Josh yesterday morning, um, as I have several times um, since he's been here. You know, it's obviously an unfortunate uh, situation. Personally, I wish him the very best, as we all do. That was Bitter Dad, who had three daughters and now has to sneak away to the garage to watch football on Sunday, Bill Belichick. He's reacting to the not-so-surprising news that New England Patriots receiver Josh Gordon has been suspended indefinitely for violating the terms of his conditional reinstatement under the NFL's drug policy. He served suspensions for the previous four seasons, and it seems like this is, for the most part, his last chance, and he might be out the door. Do you see Josh Gordon playing in the NFL in the next two seasons? Did you suggest that uh, fathers of daughters are bitter? <laughs> he just sounds bitter <laughs> that he had daughters. Okay. I just checking. You don't sound bitter. Uh, I'm just checking. Just checking. Uh, Josh Gordon, no. Unfortunately, I don't. Uh, just partly because uh, there's so many wide receivers coming out of college and having success because the offense in the NFL is starting to look a lot more like the offense in college. So even though Josh Gordon has this immense talent and it'll be fine, difficult to find somebody with his exact skill set, there's just so many good guys coming out in a barrage. And if the Patriots would realize that and maybe try to draft a wide receiver, maybe maybe use one of your higher picks to get a guy that's really good uh i think the other teams have kind of figured that out but you see a lot of guys having success and it's about finding that right home and uh amari cooper is a perfect example of that if you get a good a guy with great talent in the wrong situation he's not going to thrive but just one quick trade uh and i think there's a ton of guys like that out there and josh gordon's just too much of a risk you don't think the redskins are skeezy enough to go pick no (laughs) no i i mean honestly i picture the patriots as that last ditch effort for a lot of guys i mean guys that are on their way out of the league they're willing to take a risk uh and and give them throw them a bone i remember Corey dillon was a guy that when he left cincinnati everybody was like oh he's pretty toxic even though he's got a ton of talent and he went and had some success there, but never really had anything after uh, he left uh, with the, the Patriots. Well, and the uh, 
most stark comparison, of course, is Randy Moss because his time at the Raiders, yep. you kind of thought, well, that's it. Yeah, and Randy Moss didn't leave under uh, anywhere near as uh, no. difficult circumstances personally still, off the field. Oh, people yeah, yeah. still found him to be not workable. Yeah, exactly. I think if you look at it in 2012, maybe we were there too soon. Uh, we certainly uh, won all of our games, but maybe weren't equipped. And so it gave me a great opportunity to look at the things necessary that we had to build within our program. That was angry drunk at your Christmas party who refuses to quit using slightly offensive racial slurs, Brian Kelly. He was awarded the AP College Football Coach of the Year Award this past week. This is the second time he's received the award. Washington State's Mike Leach finished in fourth place, while Syracuse's Dino Babers was fifth. Kelly won the award the first time back in 2012 after finishing the season undefeated, but then losing to Alabama in the national title. Do you see the same thing happening this year? No, I see Clemson beating him. Clemson is a team that is full of NFL players. I mean, their entire defensive yeah. line, and they're 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 just their so, defense can cover up for the lack of experience at quarterback. Uh, yeah, I think so. But I mean, the other thing is they've put up a lot of points in a lot of games, and uh, I just don't think Notre Dame is as formidable. I mean, their schedule as tough as it looked. I mean, you get you know their, your big games against the the lesser a- ACC powers. Uh, the teams that normally give them tough. Uh, at, Show up as tough opponents. Stanford, a little bit down this year. USC, way down this year. Florida State, way down this year. Their win against Michigan uh, week one looked like their toughest opponents, and the Michigan got crushed by Ohio State. So as the season went on, all of their good victories seemed to get less and less. So I don't know that uh, Notre Dame's really beat anyone good. Certainly no one anywhere near as good as Clemson. Follow-up question, do you think somebody was more deserving? No, I mean, you win all your games. That's what you get. It's just I wish they would kind of force the hand of Notre Dame and make them play in a conference. Uh, It would make the ACC better, which would probably be their landing spot since that's where they play their basketball schedule. I think it's better for college football, but it's it's Notre Dame. I kind of think Mike Mike Leakes should have finished higher. I don't think he should have won the award. I'm sorry, Coach of the Year. I thought thought you meant the college football playoff. Um, Yeah, but Mike Leach's big bugaboo has been uh, the Apple Cup, and that's his blemish on his resume every year, uh, and then it's followed by a bull loss. So I I just think with the talent he has, I mean, it even came out this last week that they finished seventh in recruiting in the Pac-12, which is not great. Like he he makes he makes very good with what he has. Yeah, but what what happened with because of that Apple Cup loss is is Gardner Minshew didn't get his invite to the Heisman presentation, and Mike Leach didn't have a chance at the coach of the year. You have to beat your your biggest uh, obstacle and your biggest um, rival, and that that's Washington. They couldn't do it. Yeah. Just Biden time here. I figured. All right, time for my favorite story of the week. Uh, so this one, I just decided to pick a movie <laughs> that I want to talk about. Okay. Because this is a story. The trailer was released this week. And oh. most people always like to go to movies on Christmas. Yeah. This isn't being released at Christmas, but... There's a loose tie for you. Okay. If you are a fan <laughs> of Will Smith, oh, and you're boy. a fan of science fiction, and you're a fan of the comic book series Men in Black, I've got some pretty terrible news for you. <laughs> a new Men in Black movie and its trailer was released this week. It is titled Men in Black International. Luke Anderson, would you like to guess, with already knowing the answer, who stars 
in this movie. Uh, it's one of those uh, Australian boys, uh, one of the Hemsworths. Yep. Okay. That is one of them. And then, uh, then there's a lady that has a name that we looked at earlier this week, and I've already forgotten what it she is. She does have a name. Would you like to guess any further? Uh, what is it? Tessa Thompson? Is that her name? That's a pretty good guess. Yeah. That is actually correct. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that is a very good guess then. Uh, uh, but it's also yeah. got Liam, uh, what's his name? Then that's when I can't think. Oh, the... Uh, uh, Taken guy. Yeah, Taken guy. Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson yeah. and then Emma Thompson is also in it. So you've got a bunch of blokes with uh, accents. Did you ever think that Liam Neeson, after doing Schindler's List, would ever imagine himself here? Oh, moving into action hero yeah. place. I think he made it uh, as a conscious decision, uh, which just shocks me. Yeah. But uh, what's the other English movie, the, the Kingsman or whatever it yeah, is? Yeah. And Colin Firth is your action hero doing those fight scenes. I don't know. You sit back and you just go, all right, all I have to do is kind of jump around. You're going to make me look like a B.A.? Yeah, dude, jump on. This trailer makes this movie look almost unwatchable. And the reason being is that Will Smith brought the goofiness and the comedy to what was a science fiction action thriller. And that's what made Men in Black so great to me. It was the fact that it was funny, it was goofy, it was campy, it was cool. But this looks this, like they're taking it serious. Yes, this movie oh, is just sexed up to the max, dude. I Whoa, mean, wait, I'm back in. Oh, are there sexy? Wait, are there sexy aliens in it? Uh, no, there's two oh. sexy people, though. Oh, we don't want sexy people. You get yourself big old honking Chris Hemsworth. You got Tessa Thompson, who's very, very good looking. Yeah. Uh, but you know, the original one where you had Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones, the boring white guy, he was funny, he's yeah. good. I get that. And it was an odd pairing, right? It was old yeah. guy, young guy. And this isn't an odd pairing. It's just a pairing that you go, okay, wh at what time marker in the movie are they going to sleep with each other? Ooh, seriously. I'll just fast forward to that. Is that all you want to watch? <laughs> yeah, I'll watch Well, that. you go to the movie, and then, like, once it starts, you'll just, like, tell your wife, be like, hey, can you just text me when they start sleeping together? I'm going to go out in the lobby. <laughs> I'm going to uh, go on my phone out there. There's also other Will Smith movie news that I wanted to get your hot take on. Okay. Uh, did you see that Will Smith will be the genie in the live-action Aladdin. Yes, horribly miscast. What? Horribly. Really? Yes. What, who should they have gone with? Uh, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. See, now... He, he, Tom Hanks is the genie? I, I will say that the uh, comparisons to Sinbad as a genie to Will Smith uh, were delightful. Um, maybe it's just Will Smith being too old to kind of rekindle his uh, Fresh Prince days. But I think this allows it where you're not doing a copy of what Robin Williams did. He can throw in his uh, his personality uh, back into it, and if he can, it's so terrible. Why, why is Will Smith the genie? No, no, what, no. He's no, a yeah. hip genie. That's what he's going to try to be, but he hasn't been hip for a while. Woo! Yeah, Here get we go. jiggy with it. Yeah, no, getting no, no, genie no, no, no. with it. Yeah, the oh. genie's going to get jiggy with it. Here's the question: Is why do they keep making live action versions of all these cartoons? Because Hollywood's running out of things to do. And they and... make a ton of money. All yeah, right, there's and your... you can make those movies, and people go to them. That's the best part. Yeah, like people are really are desperate for entertainment. People around the office are geeked up about the new Mary Poppins Correct. remake, and it's just a remake. All right, there's your there is your good versus evil. Uh, brought to you by 808, the Titan of Hawaiian restaurants. Go there, 2454 East Burnside or 52nd and Woodstock. Eat the their food. The poke is good. It's, the poke is good. Yeah. Poke is dynamite. Uh, all right, when we come back, we will uh, find a way to talk about the NFC playoff picture for you. I know you can't wait to talk about LeBron's comments. And we got plenty more surprises and what to watch to finish out the show. That's hour two of The Center and the Saint on 1080 The Fan.